Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast with your hosts, Reese Downing and Jacob Workman. What's going on, guys? It is TNT Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast NFL Edition. Uh, this is our conference championship chip week episode. Um, with us this week are the same group of individuals that have been joining us the past couple weeks. We've got uh, Mr. John Taxis here, who has labeled himself still a Cowboys fan. Uh, Scott Head Ninja and The Carter. Uh, so we've got all these guys back in action here to cover all of the picks from last week, make some selections for uh, conference championship weekend and talk some league news. So um, before we get started here, last week we did kick it off with some NCAA breaking news. Uh, Mr. Jake, do you have anything here for us this time around? Uh, yeah, so if, if we're really going to get into it, we have an announcement from the uh, ACC that Cal will be traveling to Wake Forest on a Friday night in November to play, in case anyone cares about that. Uh, real news, though, tomorrow the ACC schedule does come out for real, the full slate of the ACC schedule. So that will be something to look forward to as the Knowles will continue to go undefeated next season also. And uh be more to talk about next year. Carter, I know uh, you're going to have some dispute with that and also Scott, but we'll, we'll have that conversation in a few months. Yeah, there you go. Get him riled up and so well. you guys can talk about it. <laughs> Coming to Indiana in November. <laughs> We'll talk about it in a year. <laughs> yeah, here, let me shit talk real quick and then move on before you have a chance yeah. to respond. Perfect. We don't need to hear any remarks. Last time <laughs> last time we went there, me and Carter were at the game and we lost by, I think, 40. But I made some good money that night, so it was, it was all right. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, now that we've gone past that extremely breaking news here, let's jump into uh, last week's pick results. Uh, I went two and two. Uh, Jake went three and one. He had himself a good weekend. Uh, Taxus and Scott both went two and two. And the Carter went one and three. Uh, We're all performing pretty well here. Uh, myself, Jake, and Carter are all sitting at five and five for the playoffs. Uh, Scott sitting at four and six, just a game back. And Taxus is currently in the lead at six and four. Uh, so we'll continue to track the picks here against the spread as we move into Super Bowl weekends. Um, before we go into a recap of the last week's games, let's talk about some league news. There is a lot moving right now in terms of head coaching positions, uh, starting with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, it has not been broken as we're speaking right now, but uh, L.A. and Jim Harbaugh are in talks right now. Uh, negotiations to uh, potentially make him the head coach. Nothing has come out of that yet, but Harbaugh is in in LA at the moment for that interview. Uh, they have also interviewed Mike Vrabel, Dan Quinn, Ben Johnson, and Aaron Glenn. Um, those guys have all gone through uh, head coaching uh, interviews with the Chargers. Uh, they did also interview Bills Director of Player Personnel Terrence Gray for their GM position. Uh, both the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington Commanders have had a second interview with Texans OC Bobby Slowick. Uh, they uh, are looking at two other interviews as well with Bill Belichick. Jim Harbaugh is also in that mix, but it sounds like he's probably headed to L.A. Uh, the Lions, Ben Johnson, and Aaron Glenn have also interviewed for the Falcons position, as has uh, Bill's interim OC, Joe Brady. The Commanders have interviewed Aaron Glenn for their head coaching role. Uh, Chicago has hired former Seahawks OC Shane Waldron to their new position as OC. 
the Raiders have formally named Antonio Pierce as their next head coach. I think that's something that we kind of saw coming. Um, they are also expected to hire former Chargers GM Tom Telesco as their new GM. Uh, they are interviewing uh, Bears OC Luke Getze and former Browns OC Alex Van Pelt for the OC vacancy. Mike Tomlin is expected to return as the Steelers head coach and will look to outside staff to fill the OC vacancy. The Giants have requested to interview with Bill's linebackers coach, Bobby Boddick, for their DC position. They also hired Aaron Wellman as executive director of player performance and Joel Thomas as their running backs coach. The Philadelphia Eagles announced that both Brian Johnson, their OC, and DC Sean Desai are out, but signs are pointing to Nick Sirianni staying with the organization. Uh, They have a uh, news conference scheduled for tomorrow. The Tennessee Titans have hired former Bengals OC Brian Callahan as their next head coach. The New England Patriots have announced the promotion of Gerard Mayo to their head coaching position, replacing Bill Belichick. They have also interviewed Broncos DB coach Christian Parker for the D.C. position, as well as Saints linebacker coach Michael Hodges. They've also interviewed Rams assistant special teams coach Jeremy Springer for the special teams coaching position. The Panthers uh, have kept their GM search in-house, promoting Dan Morgan, a former Panthers player, as the new GM and president of football operations. After the Lions COO Mike Disner withdrew his name from the search and announced that he will be staying with Detroit. They've also interviewed Rams DC Raheem Morris, uh, Dolphins OC Frank Morris, or excuse me, Frank Smith, uh, Cowboys DC Dan Quinn, and Lions OC Ben Johnson for the head coaching position. So a lot of interviews going on there. Jacksonville Jaguars have hired ex-Falcons DC Ryan Nielsen for the same role. Uh, the Detroit Lions have signed tight end Zach Ertz to their practice squad with a chance to be elevated to the 53-man roster ahead of the NFC Championship game after losing Brock White. Uh, Cleveland Browns GM has announced that they are interested in retaining Joe Flacco in 2024. The same can be said for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and resurrected QB Baker Mayfield, who Ian Rappaport is reporting on uh, Sunday could result in a long-term deal for Baker Mayfield. The Cleveland Browns have also decided to make some coaching changes. Uh, they have fired running back coach Stump Mil- Wilton Mitchell, excuse me, and tight end coach TC McCartney and hired former Alabama OC Tommy Reese as their new tight end coach. The NFL scouting combine will remain in Indianapolis through at least 2025, making it more than three decades that the combine has been held in Circle City. Uh, Titans, or excuse me, Titans DL coach Terrell Williams and Jets DC Jeff Ulbrich are expected to lead the coaching staffs in the 2024 Senior Bowl. New Orleans Saints have decided to retain head coach Dennis Allen. They did fire Pete McCarthy, or excuse me, Carmichael, who's been the OC there for 15 years. They have, uh, as well as senior offensive assistant Bob Bicknell and wide receiver coach Cody Burns. So some movement there. The Saints did interview QB coach from the Bengals, Dan Pitcher, for the OC role. And uh, lastly here, we've got the Seattle Seahawks handing over full authority for both the team's coaching staff and all player personnel matters to GM John Schneider. They have interviewed Dan Quinn, uh, Giants OC Mike Kafka, and Lions OC Ben Johnson for the head coaching role. And unfortunately for Taxus and I, last but not least, uh, the Dallas Cowboys have announced that they are retaining Mike McCarthy at the head coaching position for the 2024 season. He will be coaching on an expiring contract. So a lot of moving pieces here on the coaching side of the equation. Taxus, what are your thoughts on retaining Mike McCarthy as we head into 2024? I'm torn. You know, on one side, we've got three straight 12-win seasons. Uh, made the playoffs. Won a playoff game last year against Tampa. Um, but the, he wasn't brought in to win in the regular season. 
the reason we got rid of Garrett, brought in uh, McCarthy, is because he proved it in the uh, Green Bay that he could make it at least championship round and not win a Super Bowl, and that's what he was supposed to come here to do. I think the big thing is he is on that last year of the contract. That's what they did with the Garrett. They let him right out the last year, and then they didn't bring him back. With the, I've, I sent you a list of all the contracts the Cowboys have of expired players coming up, like Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Dak. If they don't do a um, restructure, like it, it, it looks like it's going to be one last. Let's do it, or we're blowing this thing up. They still might restructure Dak over this offseason. But there are a lot of high-profile players that are on the last year of their deal. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm torn. Uh, this is Dak's statistically his best year. He was MVP performance this year. Um, so if there's some way we can translate that into the playoffs, that'd be great. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't think it was all on Dak. I mean, honestly, Dan Quinn has not had a good uh, record against the, the coaching tree of his Atlanta um, team, Shanahan, what and all those that you know, then McVeigh and so forth that are part of that tree. He has not done well against those teams, so I think some of that blame falls on him as well. Do we think that the uh, performance the Cowboys showed against the Packers in that divisional round game hurt Dan Quinn's chances of getting a head coaching position elsewhere? Now that everywhere we've seen some of these interviews, Seattle. everywhere but Seattle. And I, I've actually seen some stuff that there was a big rumor that. Uh, Chip Kelly could potentially be a package deal with Dan Quinn going to Seattle. Like that was the only way that they would do it. But Chip Kelly and him had to go together, which I find pretty interesting. But, yeah, that's interesting that they would tie those two together. Do, do they have a ton of history? I uh, I don't think so. I don't think he was ever was gonna, in Philly with him. I don't think yeah, they was, been in college together. So yeah, I I don't know where the tie-in would be there. So that's interesting. We'll have to dig uh, more into that. I think it's more that they want a proven offensive mind to come in with him. I think that was the, as opposed to him bringing in some random guy himself. Yeah. That makes sense. Proven. I mean, you saw what happened with the Eagles. They ran I mean, a ton of plays per game, but they happen. won a lot of games with chip Kelly though, too. Like I, I think he just lost the team with his trying to bring a college culture to the NFL and changing the way they practice and the, in the days of the week and all that stuff. I don't think that, I think that's where he missed the boat, but I mean, he actually had success. I, I don't think Chip Kelly's bad, and, I, and you take him out of a head coach role and put him as just an OC, and I think I think he might be all right, especially with what they have there. I, I think it, it's pretty they have decent offense. Yeah, that's a. That I've been reading a little bit about the. For some reason, they keep pulling the the Seahawks um, into a, a QB position in their first round pick, depending on where things end up landing uh, from some of those selections. And I keep seeing JJ McCarthy's name land with Seattle for some reason. I don't really know why. Yeah, that's one of those picks that's going to cost people their jobs. I, I don't, he's like, to me, you pick him in the third round or later. I don't, I don't think, I have maybe fourth round or later. I, I, to me, him early is a huge mistake, but I guess yeah. depends what kind of offense you're running. He could be serviceable, I guess. I mean, Brock Purdy's serviceable. Yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah Brock Purdy has more success in Iowa State than J.J. Uh, McCartney as an individual out of Michigan. And they had great team success, but it wasn't reliant on him. True. Yeah, I mean, especially if you look at the statistics from that national championship game, if you listen to Harbaugh, it's like he had the best performance of all quarterbacks in the history of football, but yeah, didn't really land that way. All right. Well, obviously, we've got a, a lot of stuff hey, going on right Lions now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> making its making its second appearance uh, in playoff mode. I like it. Not time uh, to pick yet. Tell it to yeah, calm. Not, yeah, tell it to chill out for a second. All right, let's let's jump into some uh, wild card game recaps here. Starting with uh, Houston versus Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, are heading to the AFC Championship with a decisive 34-10 victory over the Houston Texans. Well, the first half proved tight. The Ravens unleashed an offensive juggernaut in the second half, scoring on four straight possessions. Justin Tucker's opening field goal set the tone, but Fiburn's response kept the score level by the end of the first quarter. The script fit, flipped in the second with Lamar Jackson orchestrating a touchdown drive featuring both of his scrambling prowess and a three-yard strike to Nelson Aguilar. A punt return touchdown by Steven Sims gave the Texans hope, but it was short-lived. Jackson silenced the Houston rally with the 15-yard touchdown run, followed by a pinpoint 15-yard touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely. Baltimore still wasn't done, adding another Jackson rushing touchdown and a Tucker field goal to solidify their commanding lead. While the Texans' heavy blitzing strategy held Baltimore in check early, the Ravens' adjustments were great. Uh, Jackson's dual threat brilliance came through, racking up 152 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, and four touchdowns. The ground game proved unstoppable as they ended up with 229 yards as a team on the ground. Despite not forcing numerous turnovers or sacks, the Ravens' defense really did suffocate the Texans' offense. They limited Houston to a single field goal, excluding the punt return touchdown, showcasing their dominance, particularly against the run. Rokon Smith and Justin uh, Matabuke spearheading the effort with tackles for losses. Ravens' second-half offensive explosive paired with their stifling defense proved insurmountable for the Texans. They are now heading to the AFC Championship to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, thoughts on this game? Uh, we'll pass it off to Carter first. Oh, man. I, I really let recency bias get me last week. My first thought was the Ravens were going to roll. Nicely, that nine-and-a-half points, and I was like, man, Houston can hang around there. But they're just – they're clearly missing another weapon, like Tank Dell or – Someone like that. Um, it was all about the second half adjustments for Baltimore. Um, kind of, they did, Houston did well in the first half, shutting down uh, Lamar, but they came out in the second half and, and rolled, and it was a boat race from there on. Um, Baltimore's defense is pretty tough. Interesting yeah, for to see sure. What they do with Kansas City. Scott, what were your thoughts on the game? Um, you know, the close first uh, uh, half was uh, actually kind of a surprise. I thought it'd be uh, uh, stretching out by then. Uh, it just showed that Texas, uh, with zero running game, really hurt them. They couldn't couldn't uh, get those tough yards. So that, uh, I think, put them behind. And then Baltimore's total coaching staff just wiped them out the, the second half. So good for Baltimore, bad for Houston. But, you know, look out next year as Houston uh, – Kind of adjust, get some uh, free agents in there to help them out on that defense, and uh, uh, they might be the rising team next year in the AFC. Texas, did you get a chance to watch the game? Yeah, uh, I just think you know sometimes you see it coming off of bye week. Teams struggle to get things going first half, and then like get their feet under them and go. Ultimately, you know, with that game, the talent and the experience just came across in that second half, and just ran away with it, but it's just, yeah, I was I was actually surprised to see it, you know, ten ten and a half, but you know, by the end of it. Jake, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, honestly, I was very surprised at the first half. I, I mean, I expected Baltimore to beat the hell out of them, to be honest. So I was kind of surprised that they kept it that close in the first half. But obviously, they played a 
they broke their tendency completely in the first half and just blitzed the world. And I don't think Baltimore was really prepared for that. So quick adjustment, got it figured out. Obviously, the kick return was their point. So their offense still did nothing. I mean, 19 of 33 for 175 was Stroud. So, I mean, that's not fantastic. And their leading rusher had 22 yards on nine carries. So that's that's uh, not going to win you too many playoff games on the road. But the, uh, the Baltimore offense, I mean, they are what they are. Uh, I think that's going to be the question going into next week. But for the Texans game, I mean, it, it was pretty much what I expected, to be honest, minus a little bit of a closer first half. Clearly, Lamar went in at halftime and gave a pretty fiery speech, I guess, from what they've said and got him rallied, and that's all they needed. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see C.J. Stroud in year two. He he played pretty dominantly for being a rookie quarterback uh, for them to to get where they got. So interesting to see how the Texans line up as they head into the offseason. Um, let's jump into the next game here, Green Bay versus San Francisco. The 49ers are headed back to the NFC Championship game after a nail-biting 24-21 victory over the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. While things looked bleak for the Niners in the second half, Kyle Shanahan's squad showed some pretty incredible resilience to secure the win. The game was a back-and-forth affair in Santa Clara, but the Packers outplayed the host for most of the game. Quarterback Jordan Love made several impressive throws and led Green Bay to a 21-17 lead with less than seven minutes remaining. Brock Purdy struggled early on, completing only 23 of his 39 passes for 252 and threw two near receptions, interceptions, excuse me. Um, however, he did deliver a crucial touchdown pass to George Kittle and eventually led his team on a game-winning drive in the final minutes. 41-yard missed field goal by Packers rookie kicker Anders Carlson proved to be a turning point. The Niners capitalized on the opportunity, marching down the field on a five-minute, 11-second drive by Purdy. That drive culminated in a two-yard touchdown run by Christian McCaffrey with just a minute and seven seconds remaining. Green Bay had a chance to respond, but Love's final drive fell short. He started well, completing two passes for 11 yards and a first down. However, under pressure on the following play, he threw a costly interception to Dre Greenlaw, effectively ending the game. Despite the heartbreaking loss for the Packers, there are definitely positive signs here. Um, Love displayed some pretty impressive talent as he went throughout the season, and the future looks pretty bright for him. For the 49ers, the win may raise some questions about Purdy's ability to lead them to a Super Bowl win. While he showed flashes of brilliance, his inconsistencies did raise some, some concerns. Nevertheless, Purdy gets an, to add another playoff win to his resume, and the Niners will advance to their fourth conference championship game in five seasons and host Detroit on Sunday. Um, thoughts on the game here, uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, crushing blow to the Packers was kind of early in the game. It was when Savage dropped that pick six. I, that would have been a huge swing in the game. It would, they would have been up two possession early. They were riding Jones. Jones was killing them. They, and I, I think that was the Packers mistake, honestly, too. I don't know why they went away from him. That, that really swung the game when they started trying to throw the ball. I, I mean, love played all right, but he wasn't that fantastic either. I mean, he was what he needed to be, but he could have been better. Um, Jones was the key there, though, and I'm I'm not sure what LaFleur was doing. I, I That was my biggest takeaway from the game, was other than that dropped pick six in the first half, going away from Jones, I think, is what really changed the game. Uh, San Francisco I, honestly wasn't that impressive in the game. I mean, I, I think a lot of people thought going into that game, it was kind of going to be the same of what Baltimore did to Houston, and we we had a battle in this game. Like it was, it went down to the very end. Um, so overall, I think the takeaway is well, one: Debo Samuel's a huge loss to the team. So we'll see if he's back this weekend because obviously I'm praying he's not. But 
the uh, that's a that's a huge deal to that offense. But I, I just think in the end, the Packers really cost themselves this game. I think they could have won it. Scott, what were your thoughts? Well, I definitely think uh, the Packers could have won it. They've uh, gone from far to <coughs> excuse me. Uh, uh, on three uh, rounds that they've uh, they've hit on their their draft, so I good luck with them. To, uh, love San Francisco is just a more talented team, even after they lost uh, Devo Sanders uh, or Samuels. And the uh, I think the driving rainstorm they played in. If you watch the uh, you know the shots of the crowd, we could see the storm coming down. Yeah, you know, how much did that affect accuracy? You know, passing it just you know to play with a ball that that wet for the entire game, uh, you know, really affected, I would say, both quarterbacks. Uh, it, but uh, San Francisco just had the, the more talented team, which won out in the end. And, uh, you know, looking forward to the, the NFC Championship. You know, it's going to be a, a good game, I think. Texas? Yeah, I think the DBS injury is huge. Um, they look like almost two different teams with and without him. Um, but one thing I just want to point out, like in this age of throwing the football and rushing the passer, the linebacker play in these two games we've talked about has almost been a difference maker. Like the Rokon, Rokon Smith and then with Fred Warner, like we don't give enough props to linebackers in these uh, for these teams, I don't feel. But um, no, I did, it was it did feel like Green Bay's uh, game to lose for a, a long while there. But um, yeah, we'll see. Kicking, kicking woes just seem to seem to rear their head in playoff games as of late. And uh, having an accurate kicker, like you talk about all season long, but you know those you still make the playoffs with or without that. But then once you get here, it's like what three point game, three point game, and so forth. And it's just like you have to be good on all three levels. And you know you miss a, a field goal to tie it up in the Kansas City Buffalo game. We'll talk about and then. This one to lose the game, like it's the little things through these playoffs. Hundred percent, Carter. Yeah, I didn't get to watch uh, the first half as closely as I wanted to. I was uh, at the poker table at the casino, and uh, the second half when Green Bay returned that uh, kickoff, the the pop from the sports book was crazy. I mean, it was a lot of it was, this was in Michigan, so a lot of Lions fans. I think they were rooting for the yeah. Packers to win this. Yeah, and. I thought they had him on the ropes there. The way Purdy had been playing with that rain, um, he just couldn't get it going. But that last drive when he had to have it, he went six of seven for, I think, 47 yards, mainly to Ayuk, and then uh, McCaffrey capped it off there at the end. Uh, this Green Bay team, very impressive. Youngest team in the NFL. They're going to be a problem, and I think they did hit on another quarterback, it seems like. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Green Bay as they move forward with Love. I think there were some questions around there to uh, to start the season, especially around the middle of the season, but I think he's pretty much solidified his role uh, as the QB for Green Bay moving forward. All right, uh, let's jump into the next one here. Uh, the Detroit Lions have roared their way into the NFC Championship game after a thrilling 31-23 victory of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday afternoon. This game was a back-and-forth battle filled with a lot of offensive fireworks and clutch defensive plays, leaving fans at Ford Field on the edge of their seats for pretty much the entire game. The Lions opened the scoring with a 23-yard field goal by Michael Badgley, but the Buccaneers quickly responded with their own 43-yard field goal from Chase McLaughlin. Detroit's Josh Reynolds found 
the end zone first with a nine-yard touchdown grab. However, a late two-minute drive by Tampa Bay capped by a Baker Meal two-yard touchdown pass to tight end Cade Otten, even the score at 10-10 at halftime. The second half was a roller coaster. Lions running back Craig Reynolds powered through for a touchdown on a fourth and one near the end of the third quarter. The Bucks countered with a 12-yard touchdown pass from Mayfield to Rashad White, keeping the score tight. Then rookie sensation Jameer Gibbs ignited the crowd with a 31-yard touchdown run for Detroit, followed by Jared Goff's nine-yard touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, building a two-score lead for the Lions. Tampa Bay did not back down, though. Uh, Mayfield connected with Mike Evans for a 16-yard touchdown, pulling the Bucks within eight points. That lead could have been slightly narrowed, but a questionable call by Todd Bowles to go for two was a miss and forced Tampa Bay into a situation that required a two-point conversion if they did score again and tried to tie the game. It ended up not mattering, though, as the Lions defense held firm to secure the victory. Both quarterbacks had really impressive performances. Baker Mayfield threw for 349, three touchdowns and two picks, relying heavily on veteran wideout Mike Evans, who racked up seven receptions for 142 yards and a touchdown. Jared Goff countered by going 30 for 43 for 287, two touchdowns and zero picks, making crucial plays when needed. Offensive lineman Frank Ragnow battling through an injury deserves special mention here for his crucial block on that fourth and goal touchdown run by Craig Reynolds. Detroit's defense also stepped up in a big way. While Aiden Hutchinson's sack was expected, the pressure generated by the Lions defensive backs was really a game changer. Uh, Workman, you're going to have to help me out here on the name. Uh, iffy. Safety. Iffy. Just call him Iffy. Yeah. Iffy. There we go. Iffy had a uh, sack and a half. Rookie Brian Branch added another. The relentless pressure forced Mayfield into mistakes and contributed significantly to the Lions' victory. Possibly the biggest highlight for the Lions, though, was the performance of rookie Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Detroit took a lot of flack for spending the 12th overall pick on a running back, but Gibbs has delivered exactly what this Detroit team needed to take the next step towards the Super Bowl. His 31-yard touchdown run wasn't just a highlight real play, but a pivotal moment that broke the game open and gave the top the Lions a much-needed two-score cushion and got the crowd into a frenzy. The Lions now head to San Francisco to face the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship. Thoughts on the game, and I will hand it off to Mr. Workman here. Uh, great game. I mean, it's about what we expected. We knew it wasn't going to be a blowout. We knew it was going to be close. Uh, I mean, our, our, I said last week, our secondary versus their passing game was going to be the question. I, I'm actually kind of surprised they waited so long to go to Mike Evans. Like, they really, until that last drive of the first half, they did nothing. Like, they didn't do anything to him. And I, I think that was our weakness going into it. So I was very surprised they didn't try to abuse that a little earlier. Um, but I mean, we've played two playoff games now with zero turnovers. I think that's about as great as you can ask for both on our home field. So, I mean, you're in our home field, not turning the ball over, being pretty efficient. I mean, that's really all we can ask for so far. Uh, Gibbs, I think anyone that doubted that pick has probably shut their mouth at this point. I mean, he's, he's what he, he's, unbelievable he's so fast catches the ball well he does everything we need him to do uh Amon Ross St. Brown one of the best receivers in the NFL like I, I he he truly is unguardable like I it, it situation does not matter we're going to him no one stops it um defense obviously CJGJ getting the pick early on was huge he talked shit to Baker Mayfield all week uh, one of the things that weren't really shown on the broadcast, but they, it was all over Twitter, was when he picked it off and Baker got to the sideline, he actually flipped the ball to him, which I I, I liked because <laughs> two guys that like to talk shit there. Um, Iffy and Brian Branch coming off the edge with the sacks. I, I We've done that all year, and I don't 
Tampa clearly was not prepared for that. We blindsided Baker twice. I was actually surprised he held onto the ball on a lot of those. Um, trying to think of who else came back with huge. Even Aleem McNeil, I mean, he's back in limited time, just came back from injury, still forced up the middle. I thought Houston was going to be back this week. He practiced all week. Uh, we held him out, but I he's going to be a go this week, which is huge. So our defense is going to be at full 100% this week. Uh, Jonah Jackson sucks that he got hurt. He's out. Uh, I think Ragnall is going to play again, though, which for the injuries that he has, that's a, that's a tough dude. But, but you mentioned that, talking about it. Overall, though, um, really, what can you say? It, it was a great game. Baker played very well, minus that pick at the very end. I, I'm not really sure the decision there. And then I I actually noticed this watching the game. It kind of became a story after the game, but I noticed. I was like, what the hell are we doing? Why is Jared Goff snapping the ball so early and taking these knees? They still had a timeout left. Tampa had a timeout. They could have forced us to kick. The money badger's not that great. They could have forced us to kick a very long field goal in a one-possession game still with like 38 seconds left. And Bulls didn't call the timeout. They just went and shook hands. And then in the post-game press conference, they asked him, and he was like, well, they would have just made the field goal. I would have fired him that night. If I, if I was the GM of the Bucks. I would have fired Todd Bowles that night for that, for that reasoning. That's god-awful. And Texas just talked about it earlier. Like, field goal kicking in the playoffs is huge. The, the money badger is not great from distance. He hasn't been this year at all. You force us to kick a 50-some yarder, we miss. You've got 38 seconds with Mike Evans, and it's a one-possession game. And I think that was kind of a forgotten story. Like people just kind of dismissed that. Like it was nothing. I like when bulls took his headset off and went to shake hands. I was like, what is going on right now? Like I, I was, I mean, I was already in shock to begin with because the lions are a game away from the super bowl now, but it was a pretty <laughs> big story that, uh, that they just let it end. I, I was pretty shocked by that. But. Well, that's the that's the second decision that he made that game that I was like, what the hell? Like, I still don't understand why no, they went for two after I, that touchdown. No, nah, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I, I'm a big proponent of that. Actually, I, I like the go for two there because statistically, it does show that you're going to get one of the two two point conversions, and if you get the first one, then you've got a chance to go win the game. So I, it, that's actually become a. The Steelers have done that for quite a few years. Actually, that's they've they've been the team that I feel like has done it the longest. But now with, well, he got fired. But Staley would always. That's something he would do. It's a lot of the analytics stuff that's came into the game, but. Steelers have been doing that for quite a while. I, I don't disagree with that decision, especially on the road and what the environment was. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just think it doesn't make any sense that he was that aggressive to to start that. And then we get on the other side of that with 38 seconds left or whatever it was. And then he decides to not be okay. aggressive at all. Like it yeah. just that's where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't understand the approach there. Scott, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, I think uh number one, uh Tampa Bay has found their quarterback of the future. Uh, I don't know uh, where he ranks in the NFL. You know, at least he's in the top half. But I think that uh, they've found a home with each other. Uh, Todd Bowles, great uh, defensive coordinator. But uh, as a head coach, I I question his judgment um, with a couple of those uh, uh, at the end. And just in general, I'm just – not impressed, but they beat up on a really awful uh, NFC South to get into the, the playoffs and then got Philadelphia who imploded over the end of the season. So, yeah, the luck of the Irish uh, kind of rained down upon them. But, uh, yeah, I would not not bring back Todd Bowles. I think that should be another opening uh, here pretty quick. I uh, enjoyed the game. I thought the Lions, the atmosphere, 
you know, the TV commentators are talking about, uh, you know, how it was just uh, shaking the building. Uh, would, I generally don't like being around uh, 80,000 of my nearest and dearest uh, closest friends, uh, but uh, I think I would have enjoyed uh, going and feeling that uh, the building shake like that. Yeah, you know, the, the offense, they've got play, players and difference makers, you know, at every level, wide receiver, tight end, running back. Jerry Goff has done an excellent job this year, you know, just elevating his game this late in his career. You know, that doesn't happen very often, but, you know, he's done it. And that defense, uh, you know, it's getting healthy. Uh, everybody will be back next uh, week for the, the the championship game. So, I, you know, good for Lions. It's been so long. For them, I like seeing these teams that haven't uh, been there uh, forever in a day uh, play well, do well, and uh, of course, uh, when it's not the Colts are playing. But other than that, uh, um, yeah, I, I thought the the Lions just outplayed them at the end. You can save all that Notre Dame and Colts talk for the second podcast. Uh, <laughs> Carter, uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Man, it was a good game. Uh, about what I thought it was going to come down to. One possession there. Uh, I put a live bet on Tampa Bay. I think it was 310 right before half. Next play, they go deep to Mike Evans. I'm like, here we go. Finally going to their playmaker. Um, but I think it just came down to turnovers in the end. Jared Goff threw a terrible ball in the end zone there that should have been maybe returned for a touchdown. Um, yeah, it definitely should have been picked. Yeah, 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 definitely would have been picked or should have been. Uh, but Detroit made the plays at the end of the day. Um, it's just a, a team. I don't know how you don't love them. They take over the uh, persona of their head coach, Frank Ragnow, out there playing hurt, and he's just out there biting ankles and pushing Vita Vea into the end zone. Like, I'd love to see it. Um, definitely. I think uh, you guys are a little off on Bulls. They overachieved this year. That No one had him going to the playoffs to get a win. Um, he's definitely more of a defensive guy. They need to keep uh, – what's the offensive coordinator's name? Canellas. I think – I know he's getting some head coaching yeah. uh, um, interviews out there. So, he needs to stay. And uh, Mike Evans is a free agent, so they'll have to probably tag him or do something. But, uh, end of the day, <coughs> I, I like this Lions team and anxious to see how they do this week. I did see that uh, – it may be a rumor, but it looks like Mike Evans is open to returning to Tampa Bay. So – for what that's worth uh, with them retaining Mayfield uh, Texas, What were your thoughts on the game? Oh, like you guys said, you said pretty much everything was a great game. Um, and to be honest, going into the playoffs, I didn't really give Tampa that much of a shot when coming to the NFC South. Like it was one of those, I thought they lose the Eagles to be honest. And then didn't give them any chance here in my head, but you know, they proved, proved me wrong. And I, it's going to be kind of fun to see if they retain Baker and, uh, Evans and everything like that and see what that looks like next year. But congratulations, Workman, for that. I don't know how this feels since they're, you know, when I first started becoming a Cowboy fan uh, way back in the 90s. So congratulations to that. Do you have one question for you? Does this make Jared Goff a better overall Lions quarterback than Matthew Stafford? No, not yet. <laughs> Quickest answer not yet. ever. Not yet. Not yet. But if he, win, if he wins the Super Bowl. So. I don't even know if I could agree with that, but I mean, obviously, if he does that, he's going to be a Detroit. He'd oh, be, yeah, he'll be a, he'll he'll be a Detroit. He'll be, the, he'll be the mayor. He'll dump <laughs> statues on every street. He'll have. I mean, this. But yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, I think if in big picture overall, though, what Stafford did for the longevity is still better. But I, 
it's it's hard to say because it's such a different time span and different teams. Like if Stafford would ever have a team anywhere near what this team is, I mean, my God, it would have been crazy. Stafford never had an O-line or a running back that could get 30 yards a game. So it's it, there's so many differences there that that's the thing. But what I will say, though, is I've always said that the trade has always favored the Rams because they got the Super Bowl. If the Lions were to win a Super Bowl, I will say that trade is now even. That's fair. Matt Stafford also did not have the defense that Detroit has right now either. I, I mean, he was I, winning games 42 yeah. to 38, you know, if that's how Stafford, he was getting W's. Stafford had Calvin Johnson. That That's the only difference. That, that's all he had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and in and, and death every game. There's... Yeah, he's a, he's a tough son of a gun. We talk about that quite a bit. Uh, all right, let's jump into this last game from last week here. Uh, what is probably the NFL's biggest modern rivalry delivered another chapter of drama as the Kansas City Chiefs edged out the Buffalo Bills 27-24 in a playoff, playoff epic on Sunday night as Pat Mahomes played his first road playoff game in his career. Buffalo opened with a pretty methodical drive, taking the lead on a Tyler Bass field goal to start. Casey countered with another uh, with a 47-yarder from Harrison Butker, leaving it 3-3 after the first. Josh Allen answered back to start the second by igniting the Bills with a touchdown on a scramble, but the Chiefs answered right back with a touchdown and a field goal, taking it to 13-10 with just over three minutes left in the half. The Bills squad would not let that momentum swing last for very long as a last-minute drive by Buffalo before the half resulted in another Josh Allen touchdown run, bringing the score 17-13 Buffalo at the half. KC came back out at half and immediately answered back with a second touchdown pass from Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, making it 2017. Buffalo answered yet again late in the third with a 14-yard touchdown uh, from Allen to Khalil Shakir to bring the score to 24-20 Buffalo. KC then drove down the field, and as they opened the fourth quarter, Isaiah Pacheco scored on a four-yard touchdown run to take the score to 27-24 KC. Early in the fourth quarter, a potential momentum swing occurred when the Chiefs receiver, McCall Hardman, fumbled near the pylon. The play, which was initially ruled a touchdown, was overturned on review, deeming it a fumble out of bounds, resulting in a touchback and ball possession for Buffalo. This controversial touchback rule is likely to face some scrutiny by the competition committee in the offseason. Now, it has had an impact on multiple games throughout the season. In the closing minutes of the game, Buffalo had an opportunity to tie it up with under two minutes remaining. However, in haunting shades of Scott Norwood, Tyler Bass pulled a 44-yard field goal wide right, handing the ball back to the Chiefs with limited time remaining. All Mahomes and company had to do was run out the clock, and with two big runs by Pacheco, sealed the deal. That is where the score ended, with Kansas City getting yet another W over rival Buffalo 27-24. This marked Mahomes' first ever road game in the playoffs, and the clash remained a nail-biter pretty much throughout. Mahomes posted a respectable 215 yards through the air and finished with two touchdowns as well as several snowball dodges as he left the field, while Josh Allen countered with 186 yards and a touchdown pass, adding 72 rushing yards and two more scores on the ground. Josh Allen has racked up a league-high 51 total touchdowns this season, which is leading the league, including the playoffs. After the game, Andy Reid gave credit to Chiefs GM Brett Veach, who has managed to find some tremendous talent in young defensive players like Jamari Connor, Legarius Sneed, Joshua Williams, and Jalen Watson. The Chiefs have now led the or held the league's number two and number six scoring offenses in Miami and Buffalo to a grand total of seven second half points this postseason. A nod to the incredible defense that Kansas City has been playing down the stretch and something that Baltimore is going to need to pay attention to as they enter the AFC Championship. With Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen splitting their first six duels, the Chiefs now hold a dominant 3-1 edge over the Bills in the postseason, stretching back to 2021. 
The Chiefs find their footing on offense at the right time and are now heading to Baltimore for their sixth straight AFC championship and yet another opportunity to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Carter, what were your thoughts on the game? Man, another all-time good game between these guys. The the new Manning and Brady rivalries here. Um, maybe Joe Burrow has something to say to that if he ever gets healthy, but uh, it was a good game. I think both quarterbacks played amazing. I mean, Josh Allen just doesn't have any help at the end of the day. I think, like Andy Reid said, KC just has more guys. Stephon Diggs, he's been a zero pretty much all postseason. He dropped that long ball. Um, and I don't know. I don't know where Buffalo goes from here. They haven't drafted a wide receiver in the top four rounds since Josh Allen's been there. The only help they've really given him is Kincaid. Um, maybe they should have just – had him run it every time. I don't. I don't know what the answer is for uh, Buffalo. Um, with that rule change, I don't know how you change it, but I hate that they want to change it. That's They're not defenses. going to. I heard someone say if if they fumble, they go back. It's third down. They go third from the twenty. I, it's not. It's not going to happen. The only thing would be okay. They're not changing me, anything. There's no way to change that rule. Well, they're not going to change it. Twitter says they're changing it. So no, they're, they're not going to change it. They're, they're, they're supposed to have talks of changing it. There's no way they're changing it. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, just another all-time good game. How dare uh, you bring that up? <laughs> my only game I got right of the week, so <laughs> at least I saw something good there. Uh, Scott, what were your thoughts on the game? I thought it was a really good game because Buffalo, at every chance they had to actually – win it you know they had a false start false start digs uh that ball went right through his hands you know when they had a chance to make the plays they just didn't you know miss field goal uh drop passes you know it was there for the the taking they just didn't rise to the the challenge and uh, Kansas City looked like the more experienced veteran calm team I would say you know they made the plays uh where uh Buffalo just didn't and uh you know, like you said, uh, um, with uh, Diggs not having any help, you know, I, you know, that really made a, a difference. They didn't have anybody to go to when somebody else was uh, – Diggs double-covered. Double I think uh, that uh, really hurt them. Uh, their defense didn't play bad, but after they missed the field goal, uh, they just – you know, they, they packed it up and they were already in the locker room. Uh, they, uh, they could feel it. So uh, – I was kind of disappointed with that that part of it, but overall it was a, a really good game. Texas? Yeah, I could watch these two teams play every week, to be honest. Just set up a, a weekly Kansas City-Buffalo game, just alternate sites. Um, no, it's just two of the best quarterbacks in the league just going at it. And it's it's great to see, like you're saying, Manning and Brady. It's It, it does feel kind of like that uh, when these two get on the field. Um, but, no, it was a great game. It, like you said, just Buffalo needs a little more firepower. I mean, Kansas City felt felt like that most of the year, but you know, Kelsey came alive again finally, um, and their defense is doing something else right now. I'm I'm very surprised because I I really didn't think they had much going going into the playoffs with their defense. I mean, they were good but not great. But you know, I just you know happy to see for Chiefs fans, but. Uh, I just, it's hard to bet against Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. I did, but it's hard to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jake? 
Uh, yeah, not really much other than what everyone else has already said. I, I do find it interesting, though, what Buffalo's going to have to do some things in the offseason. They've got a lot of free agents coming up. Their offense is awful. Like, I, I mean, yeah, Josh Allen's all right, but that's it. They've got to figure something out. I don't. I know they went on a run in the season. I was not big on this team this year. They never impressed me once this year. I, I just, I don't know. This team, I don't get the hype behind. They're, they're not that good. Like, I think Josh Allen disguises how bad they really are. Um, I think we're going to find that out next year. If we get a healthy Rodgers and a healthy Jets team, obviously the Dolphins are going to be back, and I think they're going to be fine. You never know what New England's going to look like with their new – I mean, they might have a new quarterback. Obviously, they're going to have a whole new system, uh, maybe a competent offensive coordinator for the first time. So I, the Bills finishing in fourth, just hypothetically speaking right now, wouldn't surprise me next year. I mean, I, I honestly thought it was a possibility this year. So – it, the fact they ended up winning the division, yeah, it's big. I, I They went on a hell of a run in the year, but I still don't think this team is very good. Um, questionable decision in the game to me was that DeMar Hamlin fake punt. I That was very interesting in the situation, and then that also is what led to the Hardman fumble. So eventually it didn't cost them too much, and then the field goal looked like in Madden when you just hit the controller wrong. It just shot straight to the right. So, I mean, I, that thing never had a chance, but... Uh, overall, a Chiefs win. Story continues with them. So we'll see what happens this week. I did that see that. Just seemed desperate. <clears throat> Go ahead, Scott. I mean, that, that fake punt just seemed desperate. Um, like they could see the writing on the wall. They were just were throwing what out, out there that they could throw out there. Yeah, but it just seemed really desperate even at the time. Yeah, and they said they had called it from the sideline, too. It wasn't an audible. The Chiefs only had 10 guys on the field, and they still weren't even close. So it was, I don't know, it, it seemed very bad. One uh, one positive note that came out of uh, Buffalo, I know that Tyler Bills, the Tyler Bass had deactivated his Twitter account shortly after the game because he was getting death threats. Bill's Mafia has since donated more than $50,000 to his uh, local charity since then. So uh, he's, he's already feeling a little bit of love in Buffalo, but yeah, that, uh, that was a little heartbreaking on their end after their history with field goals and big situations. So yeah, well, that's the recap we have for last week's game. So let's, uh, let's move right into it here and talk conference championship game. So our conference championship Sunday kicks off with the AFC title game as the three seed Kansas City Chiefs head to the home of Crab Cakes and football to face off against the one seed Baltimore Ravens, 3 p.m. at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, airing on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Baltimore gets a chance to host their first ever AFC championship game and are on their 11th playoff push in 16 years under head coach John Harbaugh. The Chiefs, meanwhile, have advanced to their sixth straight conference title game and are looking to make it their fourth Super Bowl bid in the last six seasons. Lamar Jackson versus Pat Mahomes should be one for the record books. Baltimore comes into this game favored by three and a half. Uh, Taxis, we'll start with you. I know I just said it's hard to bet against Mahomes and Reed, but I am going to go with Baltimore. I do think that they are the better team. I think their defense uh, can hold this team down a little bit. But um, funny little anecdote, I don't know if you remember, Reese, but when, uh, when the Ravens hired Harbaugh, they initially wanted Jason Garrett because he was the OC of the Cowboys, but the, uh, Jerry Jones threw him so much money. He stick, he stuck around. So we could have had Jason Garrett coaching Baltimore for, I don't know how many years, but uh, no, I'm going to go three. With 
Yeah, yeah probably. It, it, yeah, one contract. Uh, Coach Clap. Good lord. Uh, Scott, who's your pick? Uh, you know, I was going back and forth on this one. Uh, you know, betting against uh, Pat Mahomes is uh, fool's uh, money, but I think I'm going to go down that path. I'm going to go Baltimore on this one. Uh, I just think they're better uh, on both sides of the ball, and uh, they seem to be uh, on a magic roll right now. So let's go uh, Baltimore. Carter? Three in a row. I'm with the guys. Uh I think of the totality of the season, Baltimore shows they're the better team. Um, I think they've got some answers. My boy Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame is going to be on Kelsey. Um, so at least I got an answer for that. And then so who else is going to step for Kansas City? Is it going to be Rasheed Rice, who was kind of doing nothing this week against Buffalo? Um, give me Lamar Jackson and the Ravens up by a touchdown. Jake? Uh, yes, these are two teams I've been huge on all year. Uh, Chiefs, obviously, were my preseason Super Bowl pick. Uh, Ravens, I had winning the division, and Lamar is MVP. So uh, this is a tough one. I, I do like the Baltimore's at home, but I think the Chiefs' defense has just proven too much. I, I like the Chiefs' defense in this one. I think they can keep Baltimore in check. Weather's supposed to be decent, so I and I, I'll always take – the offensive mind of Andy Reid against any defense. So I'm taking the Chiefs plus the points, and I, I think I'm taking them outright win also. Yeah, um, it looks like it's going to be TNT host first the pool here. I'm taking Kansas City as well. Uh, I don't know that they're going to win, but I do think that they could at least keep this within three. We're looking at two extremely talented squads on both sides of the ball. Uh, but I think that uh, Andy Reid being the difference maker here in this Kansas City defense is a little bit different than what Baltimore's seen the past few weeks. So I am going to take Kansas City plus the points. Our NFC championship matchup will be in the Bay Area as the three seed Detroit Lions travel from frozen Detroit to sunny California to match up against the one seed San Francisco 49ers 630 at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara airing on Fox. It's lead dog versus underdog in this one as the 49ers are playing in their fourth conference title game in five years while the Lions are playing in their first NFC championship game since 1991, a year when Barry Sanders was in his third season and the Lions eventually lost to an extremely tough Washington Redskins squad. Both of these teams are very well balanced on both sides of the ball, entering the game as the two and three ranked offenses in the league respectively. Can Detroit leverage some of the vulnerabilities the Packers exposed last week to get the win and advance to their first ever Super Bowl? San Francisco is favored by seven. Scott, I'll go with you first. I think uh, Detroit can look and see what uh, uh, Packers did to uh, San Francisco last week. And they've got the the talent to kind of follow that uh, that game plan. I really uh, like what they, they did. Uh, Devo Sanders, is he in? Is he out? I haven't heard one way or another yet. I their offense is just completely different when he's on the field versus when he's not. So uh, I'm going to go with Detroit and the points on this. Texas. Uh, so the I'm going to go with the Aaron Rodgers. NFL has already been scripted. The colors of the Super Bowl are uh, Baltimore and San Francisco. So I'm going to go with San Francisco to win, but Detroit's going to cover that seven. Carter. Um. So this comes down to, I think, the Debo question for me. Uh, Purdy's not going to play as bad as he did last week. It doesn't look like there's going to be rain. 
And as of now, I I think Debo's going to play. It says uh, probably a grade one AC joint. So give me the 49ers, but I hope I'm wrong and Detroit goes to the Super Bowl. Jake? Uh, so I was looking at the Niners' schedule. I was just trying to figure out what could be done to this team other than last week with the Packers. Uh, they lost at home. Their only home loss was to the Bengals earlier this year. I think it was week eight. I went back and watched that game just because I wanted to see what exactly Cincinnati did that was so well. Obviously, they did have Burrow in that game, so that helps for Cincinnati's sake. Uh, they were able to move the ball on the ground pretty well. Pass it. I mean, Jamar Chase had 110 for 100 and a touchdown, which I feel like Amarok St. Brown can mirror that. I feel like our running game is better than the Bengals' running game. Just overall, what I watched, I... I saw the scheme and I saw what could be done to this team. And I, I think we can replicate that. I, and our defense is better to me than Cincinnati's, especially in that game. I mean, Purdy did throw two picks in that game, which I is a key that the turnover we have to, if we can go three games in a row in the playoffs with no turnovers, especially a road game in the NFC championship, that's going to be huge, obviously. But I think we've got to get at least one turnover. If not two Purdy showed last week, if, like I said, if Savage would have got that pick six, I think that changes that whole game and Green Bay wins that game. I think that's just the thing that we have to overcome. We've got to get that turnover. I like the Lions to cover. Clearly, I think seven's way too many. Uh, if we lose, I think it's a three or four point loss. But I, I it's going to be a, a good game. I don't think it's a blowout or anything like that. I, I think it's it's what we're going to get to in the Sunday night after probably a great Baltimore KC game too. So I think Sunday's looking two great games. Uh, and got it about nine forty-five Sunday night could be one of the craziest moments of my life. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think uh, all of us to some extent are at least rooting for Detroit for you, man. Um, looking at that that Bengals Niners game, uh, Joe Mixon had sixteen carries for eighty-seven yards and a touchdown. I think yep. Jameer Gibbs can very easily replicate that. Then you look at what Jamar Chase did, 10, 10 receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown. Amon Ross St. Brown can easily replicate that. The efficiency of Joe Burrow is the one thing that could potentially be an issue because I don't think Jared Goff has played as well on the road as he has at home this year. Uh, Burrow went 28 for 32 for 283 and three touchdowns in that game. That's If, jo- if Jared Goff manages to do that on the road, that's going to be extremely impressive. Uh, that said... I'm going to eat him up lines here, plus the points. I think Green Bay exposed some weaknesses on this Niners defense, particularly in the passing game. If MCDC can draw up some pressure on Purdy, Detroit should be able to convert a couple of those mistakes into turnovers, hopefully turn that into points. So I'm rolling with Detroit here on their way to their first ever Super Bowl and potentially the last couple of weeks of Jake's life if this team goes all the way and wins the whole thing. I'm going to be doing a welfare well, check here on uh, – February 12th. Uh, you might have to do it Sunday night. I don't... <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was doing it on uh, last Sunday, but I wasn't getting a response. I was real close to picking up the phone and calling Kristen, but it's like, yeah, he's okay. He's okay. All right, guys, uh, that is it for our picks. Uh, we are very, very rapidly getting the end of the season here. So uh, obviously... Uh, episode next week will be kind of light. We'll focus pretty much all of our attention on any head coaching news that happens as well as previewing the uh, Super Bowl game to an extent. We'll probably do some focusing on uh, NFL drafts some free agency stuff, things like that to just kind of fill the, fill the time there. Uh, and then when we come back on the, the next week will be uh, our Super Bowl picks. So 
that is it uh, for conference championship weekend uh, for fine citizen Jake Workman and uh, our crew here that has been kind enough to join us over these last few shows. Uh, this is Reese Downing for TNT uh, Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast NFL Edition uh, Conference Championship Weekend, and we will see you guys next week. See you, everyone. Later.